0: Amen. You can be seated. We're going to get into the word uh, today, and we're actually beginning a new series uh, today called "The Honor Code: of Living Blessed Life." And I want to give you a little background into this series and, and this this message today. Um, if you're if you're here with us today for the first time, I pray that God will use it. But this message is really a, I'm talking to our family. I'm talking to our church family today, um, and God is going to bless you too. I believe if you receive. Uh, what he's saying today, but how this came about is I was really praying and saying, Lord, you you want your people blessed. You want your people to walk in everything uh, that you have for them, and this word uh, kept bubbling up in my spirit, and it's a word called honor. Um, It's So when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God blessed people when honor was in the right place, and in a time where surrender and submission and Things like that seem to have a negative effect on people when they hear it. He said, you've got to call my people back to a place of honor. He tells us even um, in the New Testament that he, desired, he desires us to be vessels of honor. Um, and so it's important that we get this thing right, that we get this principle right. But uh, the title of today's message specifically um, is called 10 to the 1. It's called 10 to the 1. And, you know, it's one of those messages that we've got to just see what God says and we've got to decide, hey, either I'm going to walk with God or I'm going to continue doing it my own way. Can we say amen? And so, honor is so important, but we've got to get this right. If you've ever um, been to the doctor, sometimes you'll go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, we, we, before we can get at the real issue, we need to deal with this. <laughs> How many of you have some issues in your life sometimes? Be honest. It's okay to have issues. It's the one place that we need to be is in church. If we have issues, amen. <laughs> so, but when you go, and I remember um, many years ago, I had a staph infection. Didn't know it was a staph infection. I had something growing um, like a swelling on my leg, and started off it was just itching, and it, it, it began to grow, and then get real stiff and 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 very hard, and I, to the point that I couldn't even walk. I was crawling around the house. And you know how many times you know sometimes you're going through something, and you're like, I'm okay. I'm going to get past it. I'm okay. I'm t- Right? And so I'm like, I'm sitting here struggling, crawling around the house saying, I'm going to be okay. I don't need to go to the doctor. Nothing. End up going to the doctor, and the doctor says, hmm. He pulls out um, a scalpel, and he just pokes it real quick. And all of a sudden, it softens, and everything, all that infection was in there started running out. And sometimes getting in the Word of God, hear me, is the same way. Sometimes we have some things built up, and that Word of God knows how to go right to the place where it's built up and say, so that what is in us and hindering us and keeping us from walking, as that was with me, we can deal with. How many of you would like to run this race with joy and run this race with gladness? Well, sometimes that means we have to face some things and deal with some things that we haven't dealt with for a long time. And how many of you know... The challenge with being a human being and and walking this earth is sometimes we'll do everything but what we're supposed to do. (laughs) It's quiet in here today. That's all right. But we we will do everything except the one thing that God tells us he he needs to do in order to fix this situation. And for us, it is this issue, I believe, many times of honor. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, it says this. It says, a son honors his father and a servant his master, but if I am father... Where's my honor? Interesting. And he says, if I'm master, where is the fear of me? Says Yahweh of hosts to the priests who despise my name. Yet you ask, how have we despised your name? Let me teach you something about the book of Malachi. It really works with this formula of question and answer. So, so basically, God begins to deal with somebody about something. He begins to talk to them. And then the people back come back and answer a question. Just like we would do in our time. You'll, say, you, you'll tell somebody something. They'll be like, what did I do? This is what was happening with the children of Israel. God was bringing them something. He said, look, this is what's going on right now. He said, there's an issue with two things. There's an issue with a lack of honor and a lack of fear. Now, understand that word fear in that text doesn't mean being terrified. It means a healthy reverence and respect for God. Are y'all with me? And so if we're going to walk this race and we're going to run this race with joy and gladness, there's two things we have to have in our life. We have to honor God and we have to have a healthy respect. And a, and a fear for him. And the problem is, is if you turn God's church into a social club, then you don't end up fearing him and honor him. And, and what happens is that you just end up, it just ends up being a place where you can come and stay where you are. But God never designed us in this life to stay, stay where we are. Whenever he speaks to us, understand this, he comes and he deals with us and he's dealing with our hearts because he wants to move us forward. He wants to, us to progress. He wants us to prosper. How many of you know God want, he wants good things for you? You, you? you can go through so many bad things in your life that you think that's all it's supposed to be. You, 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 you can go through so many struggles that when you're not in a struggle, you look for the next one. You know, you're like, okay, when is it coming? Yeah, I've had a couple weeks. It's been really good, so I know around the corner or something. It can't be this good all the time. Let me tell you something. When you walk with God, it can be good. When you live with God, it can be good. We bought into the lie of the enemy that, that we are, I call it, hooked on a struggle. You can be hooked on a struggle, meaning that you get nervous when things are going too good. Hmm. I we have some honest people in here today. So this word honor, let's deal with it. Honor means this. It means to honor someone then is to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect and even authority in one's life. So when I when you honor somebody, understand, there's there's people who've abused this. I need to say this right now. You do whatever I say, when I say it, how I say it. That's not honor. Honor Really, is birthed out of revelation and understanding. That means when God reveals to you who, first of all, who he is and who Jesus is, then you respond to that appropriately. You respond to it in worship and fear and reverence and respect. Now, let me bring it down to people because we have to honor certain people, too, and many of our blessings are held up because of this area right here. If we've not respected people in their proper place, honor your father and your mother. That you, you remember that verse? It's a promise attached to it that you can live long on the earth, honor your, honor your wife, honor your spouse, you know, all of these things. God has set this principle of honor in the earth not to hinder us, not to hold us down, but to bless us. How many of you know when you honor, you can receive? See, receiving is tied to honor. I can never receive from where I dishonor. Y'all still with me? Is this too harsh? Okay. Honor, watch this, without action is empty. And this is where people get frustrated. They get frustrated in relationships. They get frustrated in other things because I say I love you, but my actions say differently. See, the, if you want to dishonor somebody, tell them how important they are to you and then dishonor them. When I honor you, it means not only, not, it's not only I, I appreciate you, I appreciate you, I love you. No, but I show you, You know, the older folks used to say I can show you better than I can tell you. So sometimes I don't need to hear what you say. I need to see what you do. The biggest way to find out where somebody is on a maturity level is give them something to do. Come on. You do that. We do that with kids because when we give them something to do, we can see what they're able to handle. It's not to to demean or diminish or make them feel less than, but it's simply to see where they are. And how many of you know God does the same thing with us? He says, I'm going to give you a word and I want to see what you do with it. I want to give you an instruction. I want to see what you do. Because if you can't handle this instruction, you can't handle all the revelation you're praying for. Anybody? So we'll sit there and say, God, show me the deep things. And I'm sitting there, man, you, you, God told you the ABCs. You won't even do that. But you want, you want big revelation. But you want, you want, he tells you love the person in front of you. You won't even do that. Honor is a key. Here's what we need to understand about Keys. Keys have the power to both lock and unlock. Y'all with me? What they do is determined by the way they're turned. So here's what it is. It isn't having the key that makes it useful. It's rather it's using it properly. So I, 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 this is more of a teaching today, but you need to grasp this. Every one of us has keys. The issue is sometimes we don't use them the right way. Keys are designed to lock and unlock. So when God gives you a key, he gives you a key to keep the wrong stuff out of your life. Come on in here. And then he gives you a key to open up the door to the right stuff in your life. But sometimes we got the order wrong. And we got it mixed up. So we're using things and inviting things into our life that dishonor God. We, we uh, allow thoughts into our mind, into our heart that don't honor him. And God is saying, look, I gave you the key. Lock them out and then invite what I did say about you that you're a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm laying ground for work for what I got to teach today. But we need to understand these things. And here's here's how God says it. He says, "Look today, and uh, I've set before you a blessing and a curse. There'll be a blessing if you what? Blessing if you what? How many want to be blessed? What I like about God is he's like an open book test. You ever had an open book test? See, what he'll do is, (laughs) yeah, a little bit. But what he'll do is he'll say, look, I'm going to give you a test, but I'm going to give you the answers. Right there. So he's saying, this is what he's saying in this verse. Look, today, today, right now, I'm setting before you blessing. You can be blessed if you want to be. And I'm setting a curse before you. You can be cursed if you want to be. There'll be a blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God. I am giving you when." Sometimes we read the Bible too fast. Because when God gives you something to do, he's not, giving, he's not saying to you, I want you to do this, and then you say, well, God, I'll do it tomorrow. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Just, this is, we can handle this because we're going to grow. We're going to grow. God always sets the right path in front of us, but it's up to us to choose to walk in it. So if we want more of God, he's always going to put in front of us. If we want the relationship with God, he's always going to put in front of us and say, this is the way to go. You want to be blessed? Here you go. You want to hear from me? Read the word and pray. It's amazing to me how many people sometimes can say, God is talking to me, but you you don't study the word. You study Facebook. So how are you hearing from him when you're listening to this? All the time. And I'm not saying shut it down. I'm just saying sometimes we got to open ourselves up and receive from the right source. Sometimes you'll get you'll get an infection if you drink from the wrong fountain. See, this is what we have to understand. See, you, and this is not. Just, I, I feel for people who've gone through this and been through things and they're out, you know, out on the street and homeless and things like that. But but what you notice is that when a person is desperate, they'll eat from anything. They're hungry. They're going out. They'll go in garbage cans. Look for. Come on, is this too much? They'll go, they'll go in garbage cans and take dirty, half-eaten, half-drinking sandwiches and half-drinking soda, and they'll drink because they're thirsty. I'm not judging this. I'm just telling you, if you are desperate, sometimes you don't eat from the right place. And that's how some people ended up on some of the paths that they got. They were so desperate to have this, they drank from the wrong. <laughs> and God is saying, good, the hunger is right, but you can't let the hunger tell you where to drink from. So be hungry, be thirsty, but go to God to get what you need. He always sets the path in front of us, but it's up to us to walk in it. Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, and here's where we're going. Some of us today, honestly, will go to the next level if we obey God. But if you stay where you are, how many of you are tired of being stuck? Hardest place to be. I love drawing these illustrations from the doctor's office because sometimes it's the hardest place to be because they go and they'll look at their charts and say, you need to do this, right? They'll look at all your numbers and everything, and they say, uh, okay, it looks like this is going on, so this is, you need to do this. You can go to the dentist and say, "Long, we can't pull that yet. We got to deal with the infection first. Then we can pull the tooth. And when we go to God, we go to the Word, sometimes it's like that. He says, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the prescription for, for what you're dealing with right now. If you understand it, you can pull the blessings of God down from heaven. If you refuse it, you can just stay stuck where you are. It starts with this, really everything. The earth is what? And everything in it is, it belongs to who? The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. How many of you, you don't own anything? I don't own anything. Nothing belongs to me. Everything, you know the breath you're breathing right now is not yours? You know how I can prove it to you if God says that's it? And nothing you can do. I'm not trying to scare you, but he say, if he says this moment is your last breath, you can't do anything get another one because it did not belong to you. But he, as a gift, he allows you to use it while you're here for his glory. So everything in the earth belongs to him. And so here's what he says. He says something that we got to do. This is a key that I think um, is holding many of us up. It's holding many of us up. Uh, Leviticus 27, verse 30. He says, thus, all the what? Of the land, of the seed, of the land, of the fruit of the tree is whose? You say it's yours or his? I can't hear you. Whose is it? Okay. It's the Lord's. And here's the part that we can't miss. And it is what? Holy to the Lord. Let me give you uh, some context to why that particular word is used. It's holy to the Lord. When, When something is holy to the Lord, that means it's set apart for his purposes. And so when we look at the book of Joshua, which you're not going right now. How many of you heard the story about the battle of Jericho? You heard that Bible story? You march around and don't say anything, and when you get to the seventh day, then shout, the walls come down, and they go in and get all this stuff. That's the summary. That's the Reader's Digest version of what happened. <laughs> so they won this. Ama- they took this city that in the flesh they shouldn't have been able to take at all. They took it, the walls come down, they go in, but God said, look, when you go in, he says, here's what I want you to do. He said, destroy the whole city. He said, don't take anything. He said, and there's certain things that are devoted to me. And so when you go over to the next chapter, they fight this little town called Ai. And, and they don't consult God or anything. They just say, hey, it's a little town. There's not many people there. Let's just take a few soldiers and go in there. We'll be able to handle it. And they go in there, and they end up being pushed out by the enemies and defeated and running in fear. And so Joshua, like many of us, he falls on his face. He's crying. He's throwing ashes on his head. He's saying, God, what can we do now? How We can't stand before our enemies. How many of you ever felt like that? Everything that's coming against me, I can't stand against it. Any honest folk in here today? Okay, there's stuff coming against you, and you you can't figure out, like, I just can't stand. That's what he said. So God says, Joshua, why are you crying? You ever say that to kids when they fall down? You're like, man, get up. Why are you crying? (laughs) And And that's what God is saying to Joshua. He's like, man, get up. Get up. What are you crying for? Why are you throwing all this stuff? I'm going through all this foolishness and all this show. Get up. Israel sinned. He said, they touched something that belonged to me. So he said, I need you to go find it. Dig dig it up. (laughs) Deal with it. He said, if you don't deal with it, if you don't dig it up, you can't, Israel can't stand before the enemies. But this is the part that got me. He said, and I won't be with you anymore either. Here is Joshua. He didn't do anything. He's just the leader, right? And God says, I won't even be with you. Deal with it now or I'm leaving. How many of you, none of us can afford God to walk walk away from us? I need God in my life. I need him every day of my life. I need him for for work. I need him to be a good husband and a good father. I can't do, I can, I realize I can't do this. I can't do anything except for the grace and mercy of God in my life. I am fully convinced that I am nothing without God, but I'm everything that he needs me to be with him. So, I say all that to say, I'm not willing to give up God for anybody sitting in this room. I love y'all. I'll pastor you. I care about you. I'll pray for you. But God is more important than me. And if I got to disappoint you to please him, here's the principle. Let's move with this. Because this is a blessing. This would be a blessing to have received it. It's never up to us to control what we don't own. Anybody ever come in your house and tell you what to do with your stuff? And you just look at them like they got seven heads? Sometimes I'm like, even like I'm, I'm driving, and for some reason, my, my wife, she in here? Okay. She, thank you. She seems to think that at, in the passenger seat, she needs to tell me how to do. <laughs> you okay? Because it was a little swerve right there. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, in my mind, you know, because we're men. We see, when you get smart, you say it in your mind. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, and all the men know what I'm going to say. Would you like to drive? Y'all, you See, y'all not going to admit it because your wife is sitting next to you. But that's what you say. When they start that talking in the passenger seat, you're like, what? Well. And then they look at you like, is there a problem? No, I'm good. It's not up to us to control what we don't own. And just like the driver's seat, God sometimes says, you know what? If you want to control it, I'll let you have your way. You want to drive? See, many of us think that that the challenge with God is is what the enemy does to us, but really the worst thing that could ever happen is for God to turn you over to yourself. For him to say, you know what? You have your way. Let's keep going. Y'all all all right? All right. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. It says, since the days of your fathers, you have turned from my statutes. You've not kept them. Here's the beautiful part. Here's the grace. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? God doesn't ask us to do do backflips and cartwheels. He just said, come back. Just come back to me, and I'll come back to you. But here's the question again. Here's the what did I do? How can we return? God asked him back, will a man rob God? I can't even do that just God said, will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. And here they go again. Well, God, how do we rob? It's, it, this is actually a comical conversation with the prophet and the people. It, it, it's serious, but it's comical the way it's happening. You, yet you're robbing me. How are we robbing you? You ever have those conversations in your home? You know what you did. What did I do? All I said was this. You said you wanted this, and I gave you that. <laughs> that word returned to me. God is essentially saying repent. Now, when we dig into this word, this is a, I, I love words. I love to study words. And so repent actually means, it means a couple things. It means to turn again. It means a change in, uh, change in thought that leads to a change in behavior. It's a change in direction that leads to transformation. But when you really dig at it, and this is the part that I love, it literally means return to the top. God never intended for you to be on the bottom. Y'all with me? God intended, and you can prove it in the garden because he said, look, I'm going to put you in an environment where you have everything you need. Just don't touch this. Don't touch what belongs to me. This is holy. You can, All these trees, you can eat all, you, you got a divine supply, but this one, that one belongs to me. And when they disobeyed him, they moved from the top. And so whenever God calls you to repent, he's asking, he said, look, I'm, I'm inviting you to change your mind, to change your attitude, to change your behavior, so you can return to the top. How many of you want to be on the top where God wants you? I do. I'm on the bottom, don't feel good. <laughs> I want to be on the top. Okay, so he says, the, the question was, uh, how are we robbing you? And he answers. He says, by not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions. You're suffering under a curse. Yet you and the whole nation are still robbing me. So he like, what seems harsh, and even we hear this, is, is God is actually like a doctor giving them a prescription of what's wrong and how to fix it. Y- y'all understand what I'm saying? He's saying, look, this is the problem. I'm teaching you something here how to fix it. He says, he says, This is why it's going the way it is for you. And you're still robbing me. Now, I want you to take this for all disobedience, not just this, because many of us, God has shown us, man, you got to get this area right. You got to get this, you you, got to, man, go, go clean your hard drive. Get that cleaned up, man. Go get those phone numbers out of your phone, man. Take those pictures. You know, he's telling you all this stuff. And he said, if you do that, I'll give you peace. Am I talking to anybody? It's okay, this is a safe place, you know. And he's saying, look, all I want you to do is just get this right, and then you can have peace and joy again. But it's impossible for you to have it walking in disobedience. This is what we don't preach and teach in church anymore because we want everybody to leave feeling good. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's a shame if you leave church feeling good. You know what it's called? Conviction. Conviction. We've lost that, and sometimes we, gotta, we actually need to feel the conviction of our own disobedience so we can move forward in the things of God, because the last thing you want somebody to do is leave a doctor's office celebrating in terminal when it can be fixed. Can we say amen? Amen. Look, somebody's going to get this. God is always solution-oriented. His grace not only identifies the problem, but it provides the answer. So, you ever been around somebody and all they can do is bring up the problems? You, some of us have people in the families like that. Every time you have a conversation with them, all they do, this is wrong, that is wrong, this is wrong, that is wrong, this could be, but they don't ever actually give you a solution. The beautiful thing about the word is he always gives us a solution to what we're dealing with. The challenge we have is, okay God, I want your will, but I want your will my way. And he said, It doesn't work like that. You got to do it my way. And so here's the solution he says He says, Bring the full tenth in the storehouse so there'll be meat or food in my house. Underline this, take a picture of this part. Few places in scripture that God says, Test me. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. God calls us to participate and making sure his house is fully supplied. This is why I said I'm talking to to Life City today. If if you're a guest, we don't do this every week, but I want to help us, bring us to another place in this. Don't you realize if you're part of this family, you're a part of making sure that everything in this house is fully supplied? Because what happens is, is when you need to draw from the house, you can't because it's not fully supplied. And then you get mad. Come on. You let me you ever have a family member, they always coming to you for something. Can we be real? They always coming to you. My name is Jimmy, I'll take everything you give me. And then you got I'm saved, but then you gotta tell them like Friday, you didn't put in on this. <laughs> y'all will catch that later. <laughs> I'm saved, y'all. I'm I'm saved. But I need I had to really bring that point home. Somebody. If you're not going to come back for that, man, you just, <laughs> I don't know what to do. We love you anyway. Uh, but here's the thing, though, is, is it's different when you know that you've helped set the table. Honor. Honor places a demand on the revelation of the place that you're at. And so when you honestly say, man, I really, you, I really draw from him. I really draw from what they're doing. I really do. You draw from it because you're invested in it. It's a principle of God's word. What else? Whatever God gives us should be applied to what? His purposes. Whatever God gives us in our life, our gifts, our talents, um, uh, revelation, anything. He, some of us have a gift of encouragement, but don't you know that's not for you? What God put in your heart, what he put in your mind, what he put in your life is for his glory. It's for, so, so that don't you realize that God put something in you to advance his kingdom? So the the next time you go home feeling down on yourself and feeling, I'm not important, nobody, nothing, you got to stop all that foolishness. No, God put something inside of me to see his kingdom advance. Do you realize that some people won't get saved unless you use your gifts? You. You're like, and and people have beat you up your whole life saying you're nothing and you don't have anything and you, you don't have anything to offer. And so you actually believe that lie. But the reality is God placed something on the inside of you to make a difference in this world, and all you got to do is obey him. Proper, watch this, proper motivation leads to proper movement. And so you got to have... The motivation, right? Because I've noticed what happens is is we come into God's house and there's things personally that we want him to deal with and we want him to fix and we want to be better in our life and that is our motivation for doing what we do. Let me tell you something. It's good to want those things but it's the wrong motivation. Anything that I do I want to do for the glory of God so I can honor him. I want to be able to say, God, I know that whatever I'm facing, whatever storm I'm going through in my life, whatever struggle I'm having in my mind, having in my heart, God, I'm doing this for your honor. I'm doing it for your glory. Watch this. When you do something for God's honor and God's glory, you don't have time to criticize other people. The most complaining is done by those who contribute the least. And I'm not talking just materially. I'm talking about of ourselves here now. You know? But there's something that happens when you say, God, I'm going to give you all of myself. You know, when you do that, you don't have time to complain about anybody. Because you realize that my reward is according to my labor. God is going to reward me. He's going to bless me for what I do regardless of what you do. This is why I can preach this message. Because I'm, first of all, I'm living it. <laughs> But second of all, I know that even if you don't obey it and you don't do what God wants you to do, I'm going to walk out and he's going to bless me because I'm listening to him. And you've got to live like that. Whether the people in your, on your job or your people in your family, whoever around you don't want to do what God says, sometimes you've got to say, you know what, God, no matter what my circumstances are, I'm going to obey you because I need you. I need you. I'm desperate, God. I, need, I can't afford disobedience in my life. Tithe supports the work of God through the Church. Called to serve him in the world. The church, watch this, because here's the question. I'm going I'm to teach you something. The question I always get is, who's the church for? And then, so we always divide on these camps and say, well, the church is for the lost. Right? And then we got these other side. Well, no, the church is for the saved. See the mentality, but the reality is, is that if we do it right, say do it right. If we do it right, the church should edify believers and reach unbelievers. So, God, don't you know God is not limited as we try to make him? Don't you realize you can preach the same message and lift up a believer and reach a lost person at the same time? Because he's not limited. God is so good that he can speak the same message and, and 60, 70 people can all hear it the way they need to hear it. Let me tell you something. The message reaching you have nothing to do with me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just the mailman. It's up to you whether it gets in your mailbox. But I'm just the one, God, here it is. Deliver. God said, deliver the mail, deliver the mail. He needs it like this. She needs it like this. They need it like this. So then the Holy Spirit will take the same word and give it to you one way and give it to you this way and give it to you this way and give it to you this way because he knows where you are in life right now. He, you are so important to him that he takes time to tailor the word for how you need it. It's up to us to obey. Every promise has a purpose. Tithing prepares us to receive blessings from the Lord. Here's what I tell people, you know, if I'm, uh, people, they they ask me questions about this. This is not in the notes, but jot it down somewhere, and you will find this true in every area of your life, not just this. The principle is this, what is first will always order the rest. Y'all with me? Now watch. This is important. What is first will always, always, without contradiction, it will order the rest. So, so here's practically how this looks. If I put God first, let's just start with the Spirit. So if I put him first, then he'll show me how to handle everything else that comes my way. If I put everything else first, here's what I have to do. I've got to decipher through everything else to figure out what God wants. That make sense? So, so all the stuff is, ends up ordering how I get to God instead of me just saying, Lord, your Father, you know everything. I'll trust in you with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. I'm all my ways acknowledge you and trust you to direct my path through all this stuff. I don't know about you, but I've had stuff in my life that I didn't know what to deal with. And you you can go through 60, 70 different things that you've got to figure out in your life. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And God's saying, look, I have perfect wisdom. I have perfect understanding of all things, but you are looking and putting your trust in the wrong place. And when you put it on what's first, I'll show you what to do with all of that. How I many of you know you got to do it every day? Every day you got to put him first because you'll have things that you didn't expect. Things that we don't preach in church anymore. We tell you everything's going to be all right all the time, but you'll have things come up in your life that you didn't expect. And if God is first, he'll show you how to deal with them. Don't miss this next one. We're almost done. The grasping hand is not open to what God seeks to give. As believers... Just as believers with a relationship with God, we have to live with open hands. And it's for our own benefit. It's called enlightened (laughs) self-interest. When we live like this, we can release what we need to release and receive what we need to receive. When we live live like this, I got to keep and control everything, and it locks you out to what God has for you. He's sitting there saying, brother, sister, daughter, son, I want to give you so much, but your hands are closed. Anybody hearing me today? Here's the promise. This is what we pray. I prayed, over, I prayed this over you. I prayed over you every Sunday. But here's the promise. And I'd be claiming this every day. If I was, if I was walking with God in obeying him, I'd be claiming this every moment of my life. So see if I will not. Do what? Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure." Can you fathom living that way? Floodgates. Not like man does, but floodgates. And if you don't have uh, the, the literal Room enough to take it in, which means that he'll give you so much, it just overflows. I need an overflow of joy. I need an overflow of peace. I need an overflow of provision. Imagine moving into a place in your life where you get to the need and it's already met. Come on. Remember I said hooked on a struggle? How many of you are tired of struggle? I'm tired of it. And there's periods and seasons of it, but our obedience moves us to a place. I'm talking to some. If one person get this, I'm okay. You can move from everything being a struggle to, you know what? I can't see a way, but God knows my way. I don't know how, but I know God. (laughs) You're faced, I don't know how you're going to do this. And God said, I don't need you to know how. You've been obedient. I got this. When you get to it, it'll be there. Elijah walked like that. He said, uh, he said Elijah, go here. Go here. Hide yourself by the rock. I've commanded uh, the ravens to bring you flesh in the morning, bread in the morning, flesh in the evening. He said, go here, and I'll take care of you. Then the brook dried up. Y'all know that story? And when the brook dried up, he didn't know. God said, go here. I commanded the widow woman to sustain you. I'm done. I'm almost done. I got to tell you this, though, because this will help somebody. He goes to find this widow woman, and she doesn't know that that's her assignment. <laughs> and so he says, he says, he says woman, <laughs> now if we say that, we'll get slapped. <laughs> I do that sometimes, and then I run. But he says, woman, I need you to fix me, fix me, something, fix me something to eat. This prophet shows up at this widow's house. (laughs) She don't know him. And he says, woman, fix me something to eat. What if I came to your house and said that? (laughs) Woman, fix me something to eat. This is what she says. She says, look, I got a little oil, a little meal. Me and my son are going to eat this and die. That's what she says. We just got enough to eat one more meal and we're going to die together prophet is compassionate. He says, okay, do that. But first, <laughs> fix me something to eat. <laughs> and he said, but then he attaches a promise to it. He says, if you fix me something to eat, here's what I'll do. He says, uh, he says God, God says this, once you fix me something to eat, the of oil won't fail. The meal won't fail until there's rain on the earth. So she was obedient with what God gave her, and it didn't run out. So I'm, I want to prophesy to some of y'all that it's not going to run out if you obey God. Some of us are living. Listen, this is, I, I, I didn't plan to preach this this way, but somebody needs to hear this. Some of us are living on it with a scarcity mentality. And I'm not preaching for something I want to get from you. I want you blessed. <laughs> and the thing is, is, is we've got to learn to stop trying to serve God from this place of fear and saying, you know what, God, this is what you've asked of me. And if you ask this of me, you've got a blessing on the other side of it. So I'm going to just do what you want me to do, and I'm going to walk in the blessing. Now watch this. Let me help. Now I feel like preaching a little bit. See, what, 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 what would happen is is when God starts blessing you, people will start criticizing you. So you're going to walk by, and God is going to bless you. Your needs are going to be met. Things will start happening in your life, and people say, well, they think they're better than them. No, they just started obeying God, and God started moving in their life. How did they get the job so fast? How did this happen? How did this work out? Well, they're doing what God wants them to do. Come on. Done. I think I got what? One more thing. A limitless, a limitless God has promised us unlimited blessings. Malachi 3.11 says this. It says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not ruin the produce of your land, and your vine will not, and the vine in your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord. So when we give, when we tithe, here's what God says: He says, He promised, I'll fight against what's been fighting against you. I can't see everybody, but how many be listen, this, we're going to be an honest church, and sometimes we won't admit that everything seems to be attacking us. Everything seems to be fighting us, and I go one step forward and two steps back, and God says, you know what, I, I, I got an answer for that. <laughs> he says, if you do what I told you to do, I'll fight against everything that's coming against you. You will not even have to fight anymore. You just stay in a place of obedience, and what's stealing from you will stop. You ever seen a spaghetti strainer? Do they even use those anymore? I don't. I just stick a plate on top of it. And <laughs> always lose that one noodle. I don't know how. But, but you, you, you use that strainer, and you can't keep water in there because there's so many holes. And I feel like God fighting against what's fighting against us is the same way. You'll be able to keep the water <laughs> in your life because he will stop up the holes <laughs> when you obey them. Here's another big one. When we tithe, God keeps us in the right season. You ever wonder why things that you felt should have been happening weren't happening? Sometimes it wasn't a curse. God was blessing you. (laughs) He was saying, I need need this to happen in this season of your life, and you're trying to make it happen over here. (laughs) So because I love you, because I care about you, I'm gonna protect you from you. (laughs) Then all the nations will consider you fortunate or blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. So tithing paves the way for an undeniable witness to the world around you. And then we got one more verse, and that's where I want to close. Genesis 28 says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I'll return to my father's house safety, then the Lord will be my God. Underline, take a picture of that thing. Whatever, this is important, what he just says here. Then the Lord will be my God. Look what he says next. This stone, which I've set up as a pillar, will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you what? Hmm. Because you're my God, my response to you is this. Ten is the number of testing. It's the number of trust. All of this is not by coincidence, by God's design. We don't know why. We don't have the full revelation of it, but we know that he's called us to do some things that require us to trust him. But here's the promise. One, God's presence. We've already talked about that. You need God's presence in every situation of your life. There's some decisions you don't want to make without God's presence. God's preservation. He'll keep you. When other people were failing, falling, God will preserve you. Things that killed other people won't kill you. I'm bold enough to say that today. Things that, things that you... There, there are people that, that, that grew up in my neighborhood, and 90% of them are dead. I'm just being real. I can't explain why it wasn't anything that I did good or anything, but I know my parents obeyed God. God was the center of their life, and because of that, there are people who... How can you explain, let me move from that, <laughs> God's provision and then God's protection. Do something for me. If you're physically able, let's stand all over the room today. You don't have to, but it's my desire is, is that you do that. And Just close your eyes. We're going to have a moment of prayer. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to search your heart. I just want you to search your heart for a minute, every head bowed, every eye closed. Because this is one of those moments where we just need to be honest with God. It's not about the person around you, just you and God, just be honest with you and God. Pastor, I've heard the message, I've heard it. Some of it hurt, some of it I realize is for me. I need to understand this a little better. God, I, I, I need your blessing upon my life. I can't, I can't afford another day to live without knowing that your hand is upon my life, that your hand of blessing is on my life. And I don't want any hands raised for this point. This is we, We're doing business with God right now. Well, if you're here and you know that you've not obeyed God in this area that we've talked about today, I want you to just take a minute and just... Take a step with God and say, Lord, forgive me. I just, I didn't know. Uh, Maybe I did know and and whatever. But God, help me. Just just help me in this area. Help me to prioritize you. Help me to put you first. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing here in a minute. You're here and you're not saved. You've never been saved. You need to start a relationship with God. I want you to slip your hand up quickly. Nobody's looking around. Or you're here and you've, somewhere you've gotten off the path. You just, you've missed it. And you've gotten off the path. You're saying, God, I want to get back on. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what or how, what to do, but I want to get back on. If that's you, just slip your hand up quickly. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that boldness. Appreciate that boldness. I told our, our prayer team today. I said that God was going to shift some things in this church today. I'm fully convinced of it, even if it starts with two people. (laughs) And God will shift some things when we say, God, I'm surrendering everything to you. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. If you would boldly just say this, I'm just being led by God as we wrap this up. If you would boldly say, God, you know what? Whatever you want me to do. Whatever you require of me, I'm making myself available. If that's you, if you would boldly, honestly say, now keep your hand down if you don't, you don't. But if you do, say, Lord, whatever you want of me, I just want to walk in your plan and your will for my life. Let's get your hand, slip your hand up. Amen. Everywhere, everywhere. Such a blessing, such a blessing. Repeat after me. Father, do it boldly. Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you. For this day, it's the day you have made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for another chance to obey. Thank you for opening my eyes, opening my ears, opening my heart. Thank you for success. Thank you. For prospering me in the way that you choose. Forgive me for doing it my way. I boldly declare I'll do it your way. This is my day of victory. This is my day of freedom. I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed going out I'm blessed coming in what I touch is blessed where I walk is blessed I live with divine favor all my life I speak to my body I command it to be healed to be whole I speak to my mind I command it to be healed to be whole. I speak to my home, to my family, to my children. I command you to be healed, to be whole. In Jesus' name, let everyone that believes that shout amen. Shout amen. Shout amen, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let me pray a blessing over you, and then we'll if you're doing next steps, we'll see you over there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over the lives of your people. And Lord, as they leave this week, that they're walking in new boldness, a new confidence in you, that they walk in favor and blessing upon their life every day. And Lord, I pray blessings upon their week. Lord, I pray that every struggle is temporary and that they're walking in divine order to your plan and to your purpose for their life. They are walking invisible because they are covered by the Holy Spirit. I command every sickness to stop before it even gets to their body. Lord, I rebuke every car accident in the name of Jesus. I rebuke anything that's stealing from your people. And I declare that this is the day it ceases and it stops right now. Every mental struggle I command to cease in the name of Jesus, that they will leave with joy and gladness in their minds and in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.